I'm Molly O'Connor. And I'm Sarah Connell Sanders. Oh, and I you're, still I know. every time. Oh. I know I just said we should talk about something about your husband. And it was crazy. <laughs> we'll get to that at the end. And you're listening to Pop It. This is the podcast for popping questions. Popping bottles. And pop culture. This week on Pop It, we're recapping the Aloha Worcester panel hosted by Arts Worcester during the 2019 Powwow Worcester Festival. The panel featured three artists based out of Hawaii and was moderated by Arts Worcester's own Ryan Hacker. Kaplan, who just completed a mural outside Molly's classroom at Lincoln Street School, and Wooden Wave, who just completed a wall outside of my classroom at Burncoat Middle School, got together to talk a bit about Hawaiian culture and also about painting in Worcester. Uh, we also will discuss this week in pop culture, including Taylor Swift's new album and the Righteous Gemstones. Molly, yes. how's your first week of school? It's happening. <laughs> um, it's a lot, you know. It's it's different from what I'm used to, but it's been, you know, it's only been three days. It's been very rewarding in some aspects. Um, I work with a really wonderful staff, and it's just, you know, it's a learning curve, and every day is a new day. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of how I've been feeling about it. Keeping yeah. it, keeping it real, keeping it positive. How about you? It's been awesome, and I think I I love middle school. That's like my sweet spot. And um, I've been in the intermediate school for the last four years, which I liked. But I started my career as a teacher in middle school, and I really miss that age group. They're just like smart enough to understand your jokes, and so that you can kind of fly and like dig into some rigorous material that's interesting to me too Mm -hmm. but then they're also still kids which is really fun yeah I think that is a that's it's a perfect marriage of like your what you are really really good at which is like the middle school age and then that like that media specialty and writing and that kind of stuff yeah they're letting me play with my classes a little bit in terms of what content I cover as long as I'm hitting my standards and everything but I have a couple of classes that are really based in public art and the Mm -hmm. impact that it has on urban planning and placemaking and then I have one class that's going to be based around polar park and how that's going to impact the city of Worcester. And I've done some of these units or similar ones before in a suburban school district, but now I'm doing it in the city where these projects are actually happening, and it feels so much more impactful. Right. I was going to say it was almost like a rehearsal before, and it was the younger kids too, so now you're like you're growing up the material a little bit. Yeah. Or growing the material up, rather. That's exactly. I can talk. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's this week, between this and then the art festival last week, I am pretty exhausted. Yeah. But the panel ended up being really neat, and I wanted to talk about it with you, Molly, because at one point, Kaplan did mention you, so we'll get to that. But he started by talking about how his family, as a Native person, is still dealing with the ramifications of colonization and how it sometimes feels like they're living like foreigners in their own land. So he started creating these designs, like the one that's outside of your class, after going to a sand painting ceremony. And he watched like this healing process where these medicine men had traveled and walked hundreds of miles to focus on healing just one person. And he thought that was so powerful. So I'm going to play that. And then I want to hear your reaction and yes. what you think and what the kids think when they go out to recess. Yes. My work comes from being in, um, honestly, severe pain. I, um, I had injured myself at work, and I was in terrible pain. And um, I can only chill for so long. I can only, like, relax a little bit. And um, I get these ideas. And so um, I had a broken arm, and um, essentially I went out, I was bored. I looked at my shop, my studio where I was working, and I was like, I wonder if I can make a cut with one hand. 
Like, I wonder if I could do that. And so I put the wood down on my uh, chop saw, and I held it with my elbow, this elbow, and I brought the saw down like this, and it was like, game on <laughs> and do something now. Like I had all these ideas that I've been kind of baking for a long time. And um, I started making these figures and they come from our sand painting ceremony actually. And the the sand painting ceremony is for people that are sick. And so a medicine man will travel very far to gather all these colors to make a sand mandala essentially. And they'll place the sick person on that and make a ceremony for that person. So that shows you how much intention goes into healing one person. This uh, medicine man will walk hundreds of miles sometimes for one color. Okay, so that's like the foundation of it. Um, so, have you seen any of your students at recess observing this for the very first time? So, unfortunately, it's not on the side that we have recess on, but we, on the first day of school, we kind of, we brought them, we escorted them, like, through the school, through the pathway that they'll take in the morning to get to the yard, and they do walk right by it, and they're... I can't even describe to you like how wide their eyes were and they were like, wow. Like, cause a lot of these kids too, it's like the first day of school. So there's already, there's a lot going on and this almost like calmed their sensory reaction. It was like the opposite of like, they're super hyped up. Some, some students, you know, they're upset, they're crying. They don't want to go back to school. And it's like, it was like, it put them in a different, it changed their mindset, really. Like they came, they walked outside and they saw that, they saw the piece and they also saw the piece by Max Monroe and they're reading it, you know, some of them helping each other out. It was very, very cool. And just like walking by, I think that, I think that he explained, he talked about the colors and the way that the colors are derived from natural sources. And I think that it, it puts, it put the, them at ease. Um, so it was, it was like healing in a way to mm -hmm. those kids. It's funny you say that too, because the he used spray paint, obviously mm -hmm. not sand, but they were natural colors, and the one that we ran out of was called Brain. So the idea that they're really zeroing yeah. in on this and it's such a natural thing, I I went all over looking for Brain, and we ended up like digging through all CC Lowell's paints and having to do this match of the color, but it came out gorgeous. Yeah. And he had an assistant, like you mentioned, whose name was Mags, and she is like eighteen or nineteen. She designed the shirt for Molly McGrath, who we interviewed from Grime, who picks a new artist to design her shirt every year for her store, Grime. She found out about Pow Wow and decided to volunteer and then ended up assisting Kaplan all week until he convinced the organizers of Pow Wow to give her her own wall and let her compete in secret walls, which is like the landmark event of the week. And um, she was a star. She's a standout star. She was. And a lot of the students, especially the young girls, really responded to her. Mural, which I thought was awesome. It says BU. Um, so I thought that was really cool too. So later in the talk, and it, it does get a little noisy. The space was really neat. We had 47, the hat company there, like doing an activation in the back. But we'll just play a, a short clip of him talking. He was mentioning that all of his works are like prayers. So he thinks of each and every mural in itself like a prayer. Essentially, the work that I'm working out with these geometric designs is are, these are prayers. These are prayers. I asked Creator when I saw this what it meant, and um, he, he told me this is life, this is love, this is chi, this is, this is what makes all of us breathe, our life force, you know? And these prayers that I'm making, they don't need words because this is the prayer. It doesn't need explanation. It's just the way that it was shown to me. And so that's the way that I've been expressing that. And so when I'm making these pieces, I'm thinking about where I'm at. And when I'm painting here on the mainland, I'm always thinking first and foremost to honor the people that are under this land. 
before us, for the native people here. And for some of you that don't know, there was a horrific genocide that happened right here where we are. So obviously he has a deep connection to his native culture and Native Americans are studied in third grade. Third grade, yeah. So um, there's actually, they go pretty in depth. Uh, They study, the third grade standard is focused on Massachusetts. So they go very in depth on the Wampanoags in particular. Um, So when they get to third grade and the third grade students at my school, they'll be able to talk about that and they'll be able to make that connection, which is really cool. It was really interesting too. He delved into the idea of cultural appropriation as it pertains to the name powwow. Because I think the the arts festival is not to be confused with a native powwow. Yeah. And it actually has more to do with comic book culture, like pow, the impact of the art, and then wow, like your reaction. Um, but he did recognize that powwow Worcester and powwow worldwide have become really positive forces that don't bother him. You know, he's not offended by the use of the term. Yeah, I have I remember actually like when you first told me about powwow years ago, and I was like, huh. I thought about it then. I was like, I wonder how this relates. And I know, was it two years ago at Elm Park? There was, they brought in, and like you just said, it is, it's separate. It has to do with the comic stuff, but they did bring in um, some native peoples to help with the opening ceremony. Yeah, they did a flag raising. And that was really cool. Yeah. So I think that goes hand in hand with that positivity and how it is really tr- trying to make an impact. But I did wonder about that. And I would be interested about what. Someone who has obviously more stake in it would have to say. You know, this powwow name, this name powwow has been appropriated from our people. And oftentimes appropriations have a negative connotation to them. Often things are, are appropriated negatively. This is one of the things that I feel like where the appropriation has been good. Because our powwow is good for us. We have our drum, we have our songs, we have our way to, to heal ourselves, to pray, and to dance our dances and practice our culture. This is its own practice of culture itself, but it's a human endeavor more than a Native American endeavor. The act of painting on walls, the act of, um, of uh, making art on walls and sharing a story and sharing a prayer or a story, whatever, um, is a human thing. People do it in Asia, people do it in Africa, people do it in Europe. Nobody can say that that's ours because it's everybody's. He is very open to this idea that art is a human thing. It doesn't belong to any one group of people. Yeah. And I think I really I think his interpretation is very generous, mm-hmm. to be quite honest, um, considering just like the history of Native treatment in this country and especially considering what's happening with Mauna Loa in Hawaii right now. Um, but I do I think that he is right. I think that, you know, there are bridges that are universal. And I think that art, especially public art, is one of them. And that's not to say that people don't come up against criticism, particularly in the realm of public art, where it's open to everyone in the community. Yep. And it might be intended to bring the community together, but art can be divisive, too. Absolutely. So one of the things that they go on to talk about is feeling doubt and fear uh, as an artist and having the passion to go beyond that and think about your future self and what will be best for the success of your future self and not thinking about like what's easy right now. And Wooden Wave is made up of a husband and wife, Roxy and Matt. They met in college. They started by screen printing t-shirts, but that was a time long before social media too. So they've had to learn how to deal with criticism. Yeah, it's tough. And then honestly, just today, um, 
on Instagram, I saw, I'm painting at the school there, Lincoln Street School, and one of the teachers posted her coming into her classroom and showing my wall outside, and I was just like chicken skin. Oh my god. I remember what that, that place looked like when we got there. It was not so nice. Now it, Social media obviously can have a positive impact too. It's not just about getting negative comments. Like you get to connect with people that you ordinarily wouldn't have a reaction from like you. Yeah. I, I had like posted that short video just like, cause I, because I was so excited. I knew, I didn't know the extent of the walls that were going to be painted at my school basically. And when I got there, Kaplan's piece is literally directly outside my window. Um, just, and it's like just mine. I think it's mine and one of the other teachers. But uh, yeah, I was so excited. And he messaged me and he's like, this made my day. And I was like, this made my day. <laughs> like, my kids are so lucky that this is what they get to look at every day. Mm-hmm. You know, how many schools can say that they've had that sort that one of a kind piece of art right on their wall, right across from their, their little seven-year-old eyes? Well, and he goes on to talk about your principal and her priceless reaction. So let's listen to that. Yeah, I wish I could quote the uh, the principal when she came to visit us. She's uh, she in the crowd. <laughs> I don't know. It was pretty awesome. <laughs> she was like, here's, here's my here's my accent. Oh my fucking god, you guys! Oh my god, this is awesome. I'm gonna cry. I'm crying. Oh my god, this is. Amazing! <laughs> I love this lady. This is this is Ohana right here. This is Aloha. So, yeah, that. So I have to say, we just heard that reaction is accurate of the principal. And you know what, though, it's because she she's worked in this school for a few years now. She's worked at other schools with student populations that struggle, and I think that she was just she's very she's deeply moved by this. Um, you know, Sarah mentioned before coming from a suburban school, it's very different. And so especially, I think, for the teachers that have been in this building for a while, this is something really, really big for these kids. I think that's just a natural response for them. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. Well, that's it, right? That's the pow wow. Like there's an emotional impact when you see something for the first time. Yep. Well, they went on to ask uh, Ryan Hacker, who did a really nice job moderating the panel, especially, like I said, there was a lot going on in the room and we were just captivated. But he asked about their dream project. And naturally, Matt and Roxy, who exclusively paint tree houses, started to think about how they could take their paintings and turn it into real life. And um, Kaplan happens to be a builder. That's how he started. And I know he mentioned that when he was talking about being injured, but he had begun his artwork with found items. He would look for found wood and then create carpentry from those found items and then moved on to put that onto a wall. But I think that a collaboration between these Hawaiian artists would be pretty incredible with his building skills and their treehouse design. Their, their vision. Yeah, yeah. So let's hear what they have dreamed up. Dreams, because dream scenario is almost like it's impossible because it's that dream thing, right? Like unlimited budget, that kind of thing. But I feel like, I don't know, when you say dreaming, things are a lot closer than you think, you know? Like once you start working towards something, it's kind of amazing how um, when you put something out there, somehow the universe or whoever kind of starts connecting you with people who can help you make that dream happen. So I feel like, I don't know, that. Treehouse happening is a couple handshakes away, and then um, 
And then one thing that we've talked about for more than 10 years now, I think, is to do a children's book. Um, so in a dream scenario, I would say we have a huge series of children's books because I love that we can get our murals into communities and um, interact with the public. And inspiration for us came a lot through books as children. So I think it's just a, a natural medium for our work to get into the hands of more people. And um, we have a son who's almost three years old and books have been such a huge part of his upbringing and it just really solidifies that in me more. Um, so that's the dream that we're going to make a reality. I put, I'm putting it out there. <laughs> so you guys are going to have to hold us accountable. Yeah, that's the secret, right? Yeah. <laughs> You, the law of attraction, you put something out there and it'll happen. It will happen for you. You envision it. I just want to say that as I'm very passionate about um, like primary age children's literature and I would gladly take a wooden wave treehouse book. Me too. Yeah. Well, Jasper, when she said that, turned to me and was like, this is it. You're going to write the book. Yeah. There, she put it out in the universe and here you are. So I thought that was pretty cool. Easy peasy. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Oh, and just like as a quick aside, speaking of children's books, I've been working on this project for the Worcester Public Library Foundation for the last six months or so, where I find notable people in the city to tell me their favorite children's books. And this Saturday at the block party in Great Brook Valley, I saw a wonderful woman up on her horse, Elizabeth Rooney, who we have been following the career of. She also happens to be Rosie O'Donnell's fiance. Yes. And I marched right after it. I said, can I ask you a question? And she's like, yes. And I was like, I'm doing this project. And what is your favorite children's book? She loves Harry Potter. And she also loves The Giving Tree, two of my favorites. I saw that she, I saw that post and I was so excited about it. And then I also noticed like she commented on it on the post and was like, Harry Potter forever. And I was like, <laughs> I feel your passion. I understand you. It was great. <laughs> so Kaplan and Roxy and Matt of Wooden Way both kind of share that love for youth and working with youth. And both of them are parents also. So they talked a little bit about that. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, I, honestly, like, before I was doing this, I'm like, kind of a private person. I just love to surf. I love to make art. I love to raise my babies. Like, I have three daughters, Violet, Clover, Lana. Uh, Violet's 14. Clover's going to turn 12 tomorrow. Shout out, Clover, if you're watching. And my baby, Lana, I met her mom, my, my beautiful girl, Rie. We met on the lift. You know, we were painting together. And she was seducing. And um, now we have a baby. And so, um, yeah, anyway, I'm just loving it. I'm happy to do this. Like, this is the dream for me. Like, getting to meet you all, this is dope. Like, I'm really hyped. Like, this is, this is the best. You know what I mean? Like, living the best life. <laughs> so they closed out the panel by just discussing how important it is to paint on schools. And I have seen this firsthand. The kids' reaction to this beautiful mural of a treehouse is so awesome. And they have different tree houses that they've done for all kinds of projects, but this one is at an arts magnet school, so they made the tree house look like a boombox. It's very cool. They understand the value and importance of skateboarding to Worcester's community and Worcester's culture, so they put skate ramps inside of the boombox. And then there are all these little sustainability features uh, that I will be teaching lessons about. And Roxy is actually um, an educator herself, so she put a lot of thought into how you could use this mural as a science lesson, which I thought was amazing. That is super cool. 
the last school that they did was actually, you know, Jack Johnson. Yeah, my mom loves Jack Johnson. <laughs> I liked him too, but my mom got like very into Jack Johnson for a little while there around 2006. How would you just, I mean, pop music, but. Yeah, um, I would say like beachy folk pop. Oh, Almost. yeah, that's yeah, good. Like beachy that's, folk pop. That's how I would describe it. And so it was his children go to a school where they cut the budget for the art teachers. So there's this big committee that like raises the salary every year for the art teachers. The parents are super involved and they brought Roxy and Matt to do a mural. Yeah, in 10 years, I think one thing we've talked about is we definitely want to um, kind of build more community around the work that we do. So one of our favorite projects, and this is actually so related to it because we're painting in a middle school right now, but um, one of our favorite projects is that we got to paint at an elementary school. We did two murals um, there at Sunset Beach, which is on the North Shore of Oahu. And that was a great mural. Um, because arts are getting cut in schools, this particular school has a uh, just like an awesome coalition of parents and teachers that comes together to um, do different events and fundraising endeavors to fund the art teacher salaries. So the music teacher, the art teacher, that kind of thing for the elementary school students. And um, so they do the salaries for the teachers, they do different kind of arts activations. So they were one of the sponsors for us to come and do the set of murals um, at the school, in addition to Olokai, which is a local shoe company, and then um, the Johnson Ohana Foundation, which is Jack Johnson and his wife Kim. Their children go to that school, so they're very active in, uh, in it. And we just saw what being in a school environment was like, and just the parents and the kids that really interact with the wall. And um, it just kind of lit a fire in us that we want to do more events where we can still, you know, pay our bills and support our son, but do work that's more involved in the community. And so that's kind of our goal going forward is to create these partnerships with different associations that are interested in funding the arts, and so we can continue doing the work that we love and sharing our tree houses with the world. So I, I miss having wooden wave outside my window when I was getting my room ready and everything. I just kept popping out. I like brought them freeze pops and I would go check in and I'd be like, hi, do you need anything? Do you need me to take your trash? Do you want an iced coffee? And now I look out there, there's no cool muralists from Hawaii. I know. I got very, I got used to Kaplan being out there and Max, mm. the assistant. But then after Kaplan left, our friend Alex Hayes. Yes. Did the touch-ups? Yep. Because Kaplan had to leave, and so then I get used to Alex being out there and being like, "Hey, now <laughs> hi, it's buddy." Quiet. Yes, but well, well, it's not quiet. But I know, right? But it's yes, it is different, it's different, different kind of energy. But I really enjoyed getting to know my students and seeing their reactions. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and it won't be too quiet for too long. We got surprises up our sleeve in the month of September. I won't say too much more, mm. but. Palo's not quite over. Oh my. I know. You heard it here first. Get the scoop. Um, so I started crying on Saturday on my ride home from the block party. And I was like alone in my car and I was playing the new Taylor Swift album. And I'm like, this is an emotional banger of an album. That's what I hear. But also I think I was like winding down on a big oh. project. Yeah. But yeah, it's good, Molly. But yeah, everyone was like, it's a return to form. The only the only thing that I have heard is not great is is it London Boy? Yeah. Everyone is like, this is not good. Well, I have a would you rather. Oh, would boy. you rather your pop star significant other wrote like a really gushy and 
embarrassing song that your friends would definitely make fun of you for for the rest of your life? Mm -hmm. Or would you rather one of her songs like Dear John that's like, um, you know, a knife to the heart? I think it, I, that's, I don't know because, see, I'm not putting myself in this place. Like, you know? And like, so Dear John was written after mm-hmm. John Mayer broke Taylor Swift's heart. Yeah. And so it really like calls him out. And, yeah. you know, it's almost like a guilt trip. It's like seven minutes long. Oh. They tried to cut it from the album. And she said, no, I'm hanging on to this. This is my baby. Yeah. Well, Forever and Always is my favorite one of those. It's about Joe Jonas. Mm. And the piano, the acoustic piano version is my favorite version of it. That is a good question. I do tend to like those songs more, but I don't know that I would want one to be written about me. Yeah, I'm going to go with the gushy, lovey one. Yeah. I don't know. She still dates Billy Lynn's Long Halftime Walk, right? I don't remember his real name. I just call him that because that was his breakout film role. <laughs> you know, he's the the British blonde man that Joe. plays like an unlikable villain in every Does movie. Does he? Yeah. So he so his like break like no one knew who this guy who this guy was and he got a role in this movie that was directed by Ang Lee called Billy Lynn's Long Halftime Walk that was based on a very famous or not very famous but an acclaimed novel. And he kind of came out of nowhere and everyone was like, this movie is going to be, it's going to win every Oscar. Ang Lee has already won several Best Director awards. It was using some kind of like crazy visual, not 3D, but like they were doing, or maybe it was 3D, but he was doing some stuff with it. And then it kind of didn't bomb, but like didn't really go anywhere. His name is Joe Alwyn. Alwyn, that's it. He has what Jasper would call a punchable face. Yeah, a little bit. But I always now just think it's funny to call him the full name of that movie. Gotcha. <laughs> Billy Lynn's on that Well, he's walk. a very handsome, blonde, British he is man. Handsome. Um, But yeah, he's got like this villainous sneer or something. I think that he must have played that at some point, right? Yeah, I don't know. I think most of his recent roles. Yeah. Um, I love I Forgot That You Existed, which is ostensibly about Calvin Harris. And Ooh, it's, it's a great yeah. like... It's basically like forgot we broke about- up. I didn't think I'd ever get over it. And then one day, I just forgot that you existed. Yeah. I also forgot that that existed, <laughs> frankly. <laughs> um, cruel- I have a question. Is Cruel Summer not a Bangles cover? It's a new song. <laughs> it's a new song, but why I'm kind did of she- disappointed. <laughs> okay, I have some Wait, theories. is that the Bangles? Why did she release this song as part of the album and not as the single at the start of the summer. It's the best song on the album, that and Paper Rings. But I just, I guess maybe because she wanted like the whole album to do well, so she held it back. I guess, yeah. I don't know. Because she knew anybody was going to download like her first couple of singles that she released. Yeah. And I think like the, what was the first one? Me. Oh, yeah. I didn't love that. But like I do like Brendan Yuri. And this is carrying the album, I yes. guess is what I'm saying. I just want to self-correct. It's a Bananarama song. It's from, it's an 80s. It's a cool very summer. famous 80s song. Yeah. Oh. It's a cruel, cruel summer. This is not a cover. Right. Okay. Because I was like, oh, cool. Yeah. I got kind of excited. The only other okay, songs though. I would like to mention are Cornelia Street and... I think it's called It's Nice to Have a Friend because yes. there are a lot of people... Carly. Who believe that Carly Kloss and Taylor Swift have had a romantic relationship and that these two songs are about Carly. Yeah, heavy lesbian energy. So tell me, Carly Kloss, she's a supermodel. She's a supermodel. Um, she's just been kind of like one of the top, if not the, like one of the top, if not the top, like kind of 
most sought out supermodel. I remember when I was like in college, like 10 years ago, but she's married to Josh Kushner, who is Jared Kushner of the Trump family's younger brother. And Taylor had an apartment in Manhattan for a while and kept a room that was like, you know, a guest room, but she had all of Carly's favorite snacks in it and all of Carly's favorite things. And it was supposed to be like Carly's room. And at some point, Carly invited people over to the apartment to hang out and didn't ask Taylor. And it is still Taylor Swift's apartment. That'd be like, yeah. if I was like, oh, Molly, here's a key, you know, if you ever need anything. And then I came home and you were having a party in yeah. my apartment. I would probably be like, hey, why didn't you like give me a heads up hey, or invite me? Why are all these people sitting on my couch watching figure skating videos? I'm a pop star. <laughs> yeah. So they have had a falling out. Um, yeah. And I hope this is an olive branch because I would much prefer a Taylor Carly relationship. Kaylor. Kaylor. Kaylor would be the correct <laughs> uh, portmanteau to yeah. Taylor and Joe. Yeah. I think I yeah I'm like a I'm like a Carly and Taylor truther I'm about that life but I'm glad she's happy too yeah she seems really happy I like Lover actually that is the one that I listen oh, to so good. it's pretty um I still find her lyrics sometimes bother me I just which is fine um but, but she I do like this has song a, a black man as her love interest in her video and Ooh. after like what 16 years of a career this is the first time she's offered any sort of interracial relationship in or one like, of her music videos. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. Mm -hmm. The video is great, too. I haven't seen it. It's like all of these different rooms and different colors, and it's very aesthetically pleasing. It pops. That makes sense. That kind of like is goes with like the aesthetic of the album itself, I think. Mm -hmm. So oh. you had a show recommendation for me on HBO. What is it? I have a show recommendation for everyone on HBO <laughs> besides Succession, which <laughs> is the only show. Oh, so um, it's called The Righteous Gemstones. It comes from the mind of Danny McBride um, and Jody Hill and all those guys who also created Eastbound and Down and Vice Principals. And it's sort of, it's very interesting because those three shows all explore extremely like fringe out there characters and they keep getting darker and darker. Um, but this particular show is really, really, it's fun, but it is also dark and it's about a family of televangelists basically. Um, and just their dynamic. And it, there's only been a couple episodes, but the first episode did feature a murder. <laughs> there's murder. <laughs> um, but it's also, it's very, very funny and it's very, very smart. So I recommend it to anyone who's into that kind of like, you know, look into that cultist, cultish religious world with that. I love cult stuff. Yes. With that twist of dark humor. Well, Sarah, I have said that I do think that you may be susceptible to falling into a cult. <laughs> oh my God. Between November Project and Summer Camp. You never know. <laughs> I love cult stuff too, though. Well, I think as long as you're aware. Yeah. Oh, I'm on it. Um, I know. It's really, really good, though. It's very silly. At the same time, like I said, smart, also very dark. Uh, I highly recommend it. It's got a great cast. It has John Goodman, plays the patriarch of the family. One of the guys from Workaholics, Adam Devine, is the younger brother. So if, especially I would say if you like Vice Principles or Eastbound and Down, jump on in. You're going to love it. It's wacky. Well, thank you for the recommendation. <laughs> we have a couple of fun guests coming up. Yeah. Iris Lyons from Blueberry will be up in a couple of weeks. My hero, yes. Iris Lyons. And also <laughs> um, the two female barbers who work for Axe to Grind. Yes, I'm so excited. Mm -hmm. Nicole and Shelby. Perfect. Have a wonderful week. I've been Molly. And I've been Sarah. This is Poppet. Bye. 
Have you signed up for this year's Veterans Inc. Run for Veterans 5K on November 2nd? They're expecting more participants than ever before. The race starts at 10 a.m. on Franklin Street with an after party to follow at the Beer Garden. 